This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. If we didn't work together as a team, like we weren't going to get anything done. And we were definitely put in a lot of situations, specifically like hailstorms and just like rainstorms, where like if we didn't collaborate, like we had the potential of like getting hypothermia and like getting in a really bad situation. And so like looking back on it now, like being in those really tough situations with people that I had only known for a week and like working through it, I think that's one of the like the coolest things that I've ever done. I'm Hayden Rowland and this is the Tom Rowland Podcast. Today's podcast is a very special one. It is with my son, Hayden Rowland. Hayden is fresh off the trail uh, from a Knowles course. If you don't know what a Knowles course is, that is National Outdoor Leadership School, and it's a fantastic program. The one that Hayden did was two weeks of sea kayaking followed by two weeks of backpacking through the Alaskan wilderness. They spent one month out there. He spent a month with with a group of people that he had never met before, and did things that he had never done before. And this was a transformative experience for him. He came back. He was literally as happy as I've ever seen him. He was on top of the world. And it was, as a parent, it was really cool to see. I wanted to take the opportunity to get Hayden on the podcast as soon as possible so I could hear some of these stories for the first time. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, we sat down the morning after he returned and um, had a cup of coffee, and he started telling me all about his trip. I thought this was one of the coolest conversations that I've ever had on the podcast, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. If you're a parent or if you're a young person, or <laughs> I guess uh, Knowles accepts people of all all ages. So if this sounds like something that 
you might like to do or somebody that you know might like to do, man, highly recommended. My older son, Turner, did a Knowles course uh, where he got his wilderness EMT and EMT in a very concentrated, short course. It was very intense. And he came back, just uh, uh, couldn't say enough nice things about the Knowles instructor staff and what he learned and, and gained through that experience. And then my second son, Hayden, goes and again, uh, rave rave reviews for Knowles. So kudos to you. Thank you so much for, uh, for what you did for my boys. And um, man, I hope that other people will take advantage of that. So stand by for this awesome conversation with my son, Hayden Rowland. Hayden Rowland, back from Alaska. We've had a couple of hours to catch up, but I'm really super excited to hear about this trip. You went on, well, I want you to tell me about it. It's a Knowles trip, N-O-L-S. Some people don't know what that is. How would you explain Knowles? Uh, well, Knowles stands for the National Outdoor Leadership School, and they have branches all over the world. The one that I went to was in Alaska, and their headquarters is in Lander, Wyoming. They do just these expeditions anywhere from like two weeks to a full semester, which is three months, where they teach leadership and uh, outdoor curriculum. And it's open to like anywhere from like 14 to one of my instructors said they had a 60-year-old really on a course. There's hope. Um, I can still go. Yeah, you can still go. I'm not, um, I'm not out of it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a great program. Um, and I highly suggest it to anyone who is interested in doing it. Well, let's see what what you say. Like you you would suggest it for anybody that's interested in doing it. But they offer so many different programs. So, like, who does this appeal to? Like, this is well. Let's just talk about your let's just talk about your particular program because you know Turner did a different Knowles course also, and we did a podcast after his where he went and did an intensive. EMT and wilderness EMT course. So Knowles offers a number of different things, but t- tell us about the the one that you did. What, uh, what did I did you go? the uh, Alaskan sea kayaking and backpacking, where each section lasted for two weeks. So with that, uh, it was more of a broad introduction into a lot of the skills that you need for both of those. Um, both of the skill sets that we learned. So sea kayaking is very technical, very technical skill. Uh, And what we covered was just like the beginning of it. And they didn't want to get like too advanced too quickly. Uh, And they do have like more advanced courses. Um, And then the backpacking part was more of just like an introduction. So like with with the split skills, we were able to learn a lot of like very intricate and technical stuff, but it wasn't like so much so that we were like an expert when we left. It was, it was like an introduction to where we, after the course, we would broaden our knowledge after that. Yeah. Would you maybe think about taking another one? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we had in the Knowles curriculum, we had a like beginner first aid course where we learned um just like some general stuff and after taking that i really want to do a wilderness emt course okay. that's cool um that that would be well i mean turner loved 
the the one that he took and in a month is amazing how much he learned but the Knowles the Knowles program seems to be really solid you know just from sending my two boys to two different programs and both of you coming back just so happy with with the way it was run and and all of that 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 speaks volumes so where where did yours start so we started with the uh sea kayaking part um usually with the alaska sea kayaking and backpacking they have a sister course um and they go to another location but uh i was actually the first course of the entire summer for the uh, branch of alaska so we had to like stick closer so we sea kayaked in prince william sound um, and we started in Whittier, Alaska, and then how we, did you get there? We like, took a bus, okay, from the farm, which is like the uh, Knowles, Alaska headquarters. Um, we took a bus. It was like an hour and a half drive. Some of like the most beautiful mountains that I've ever seen, and then we went through this tunnel that went straight through a mountain <laughs> on a school bus trailering. I think it was like 10 kayaks or like eight kayaks. Yeah. Um, barely made like the length limit. Um, and then as soon as we got to the other side in Whittier, it was pouring rain. And this was the first day of the <laughs> first day of the trip in the field. And it was freezing cold. Uh, and we had to like unload all the kayaks, unload all of our gear. Everything got soaked like right from the beginning. And then we put it on this ferry boat called the Lazy Otter. And they're they're a great charter service. Um, and they had like the door in the front that like went down. Yeah. Kind of like the old army boats. Uh-huh. And we like loaded all of our stuff up there. And then they had like an indoor part with seats. And so we were like able to get away from the rain for a minute. And we had like an hour boat ride to this island called Applegate Island. And they let us off and they just left. And we were there. <laughs> And then right when we got there, like the weather like cleared up and we stayed there for two nights and learned just like how to set up tarps and tents and like how to poop in the woods. That was one thing that uh, one of the leaders like made, made sure that we knew of. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we started like getting into like the sea kayaking and like uh, more like the technical stuff of like how to stroke and how to like steer the boats and how to carry them and how to move them like paddle signals with like holding the paddle over your head to like stop uh, like go this way go that way just some like general like communication terms yeah that like served a huge purpose later on in the course right and so tell me about the group like what's the size of the group so it was 14 of us total. There were three instructors and 11 students from all different backgrounds and ages. The oldest person, I think, was like 25 or 26, and the youngest was 16. Again, from like all over. All uh, over the world. All over the world. Right. We had uh, a guy from India. We had some European folks, uh, a lot from the United States. One of our instructors was from Washington, D.C. Another was was from Brazil, and another one was um, from Scandinavia. Yeah. And we were like, like, it was crazy to see us all like come together and work as a team. How long did that take to come together? I mean, like, I'm just envisioning this, you know, you're, 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 you're telling me this story of, of meeting these people. And I know I talked to you the day before, 
and you're like, I'm at this, we're going to the ranch and then I'm not going to talk to you for another month. We thought we ended up talking halfway through, but, and you didn't know any of these people. You didn't know any, not a single person there. And there's 14 of you and three instructors. And I'm just kind of seeing this little, this, this vision of you guys in this boat, not knowing each other. Like, what was that like to like, you're now, okay, I'm going to be here for a month. I don't know any of these people. And you already, when you were back at the ranch, you guys got all your supplies. So there, once you leave, you're gone, right? Yeah. Or so we thought, which we'll get to that later. But right from the beginning, the instructors were like so good about introducing ourselves and like trying to create a community where all of us feel comfortable. Um, and I thought they did a, a great job of that. We played like some, some, just just some games to like get to know each other and then once we got to like applegate island where we uh had a layover day which is where we stayed there for another night we had a conversation about what we want this group to look like in the next month Hmm. how we want it to function how we want it to flow what we want what we don't want Hmm. that's interesting at that early stage of the trip how do you think that 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 those early visions of what the group would look like compare it to actually how the group ended up looking. Well, in the moment, I thought that that conversation might be a little like premature of like, okay, we don't know each other. Like how can we talk about what we want it to look like if we don't know each other? But it actually ended up being like one of the best things that we did as a group. Hmm. Um, and we were just like, we want to be respectful. We want to like acknowledge people's strengths and weaknesses. Like we don't want to like shame anybody for like not being able to do like certain things. And like that conversation like held up throughout. And hmm. once we switched over to the hiking section, we actually revisited that conversation. It was like, okay, it's been two weeks. Have we seen any changes? Like, do we want to change how the dynamic is going? Or do we want to continue to like, go on this path of of what we said earlier and we didn't change anything about that first conversation it, it stayed the same through the whole course and, and we functioned very well as a team really that's very interesting so that's where the leadership portion of this school is coming from right like that, that they started on that right away like how to how to how to operate as a leader but also how to operate as a team and uh and then how to do that in a in an environment that doesn't allow for a lot of mistakes, right? You either work together as a team or you're wet and cold and hungry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, if we didn't work together as a team, like we weren't going to get anything done. And we were definitely put in a lot of situations, specifically like hailstorms and just like rainstorms where like, if we didn't collaborate, we had the potential of like getting hypothermia and like getting in a really bad situation. And so like looking back on it now, like being in those really tough situations with people that I had only known for a week and like working through it, I think that's one of the like the coolest things that I've ever done. Hmm. Do you think that'll translate into the regular world? By regular world, do you mean? I mean, like your civilization. Yeah, you're back. You know, it's one thing to it's it's one thing to have have that group and and gel together, 
and you learn these lessons or you think you're learning these lessons, do you see that that you learned lessons that you will take back into your regular life, like as you go back to college and and you kind of do you're you're back with a much larger group. You're back with your friend group. How how do you think that the lessons that you learned on this Knowles course will will translate back into your regular life? I mean, I don't think that there's any way that I could walk away from this Knowles course and not include those lessons that I learned in my daily life. Figuring out those lessons in a month and then coming back to quote the real world, there's no way that I can't like use those skills. One of the skills that I learned is putting the group before the goal. Yeah. And, and that was um, definitely one of the hardest lessons and point of growth that I had for myself over that month. And as you know, I come from a background of like wrestling and, and sports and uh, the high school that I went to and you went to as well. And, and Turner went to is, is hard work is everything. And being with a group, where people like their work ethic was not like as tough as mine. That was the hardest part of like collaborating and being a leader in a position where people don't have the same like mindset Mm. as me and me not having the same mindset as them. That was the toughest part for me. And like bringing that to my daily life, and just like being more understanding of people's backgrounds and work ethics, I think that's going to help me with so much, so, so many things. What do you do when you're in a in a situation in the wilderness where you need everyone to be pitching in, and some people are not pitching in? That seems like that would be a test of not only leadership skills but patience, and and uh, I mean that would just be a real test. Yeah, my patience were were tested pretty much every day on this trip. We talked a lot about like being a leader and like kind of delegating roles to people of like smaller parts. Um, and then we also talked about being like an active follower, which is something that I really worked on where is like you do what needs to be done at the time where it needs to be done in order to like function as a group and get things done um and that's like kind of the role that i took early on is like we need to set up a tarp in a hailstorm everyone is standing around super cold and i'm the only one that's going to do anything about it and so like you just do it mm. so is that a leader or a fo- or an active follower uh both yeah <laughs> there's uh there were a lot of people who were cold that said we need to set up a tarp and then didn't do anything about it. And then I took on that, that active follower role and like set up the tarps and set up the tents. It's interesting. It's, it's kind of a similar lesson that I learned in Seal Fit Kokoro was the, the one big takeaway that I had, or I, I had a lot of takeaways from that experience, but one of the major ones was in order to be an exceptional leader, you must be an exceptional follower. And, you know, it's it's a great opportunity in a group like this where everybody's probably going to have the chance to lead at some point, right, in the, in the, the course that you just did. And so, you know, like, that was something I didn't really understand before Kokoro or didn't understand well, or maybe it didn't, it didn't sink in. 
was that like if someone is a poor leader, you can help them by being a great follower and helping them lead. But to just take that over and uh, you're a crappy leader. Now I'm going to be the leader and this is what we're doing. And we're going to get to the, to the goal is missing the point of the whole, of the whole exercise. Yeah, that was, that was a big part of it. Um, we had with kayaking and backpacking, we had these things called DL days, which is the daily leader days where two students, um, collaborate together to create a plan for the next day like the route the time elevation like where the brakes are going to be how long the brakes are going to be like who is in the boats with each other together or like what gear each person is carrying on the backpacking part and splitting up the the groups evenly and so like seeing each person having their own leadership style in the DL days was like super surprising to me because there were, there were some people who would like try and like take over the DL role. And I'm not going to lie. There was, there were a couple moments specifically in the backpacking section where people were like unsure of like what was going on. And I like kind of stepped up and, and helped out with that. But that goes back to like being an active follower is like, if somebody like tells you to do something, like you do it and you put like you give them input and you help out as much as you can and you support them as a leader rather than like taking over. Right. And that was like one of the most fun things for me to do is like for someone to be a leader who normally would never be a leader in any situation and like help them strive and like complete the goal. F- for the day that was like really fun for me mm-hmm. that's cool so what like give us an exa- give me an example of what a goal would be for the day like you're gonna make it to x yeah that was that was what we called it make it to x oh and <laughs> <laughs> wow see i could be a nose instructor i guess <laughs> and x was the uh designated campsite for the next day so okay so when you're doing this though what are the instructors doing so they like kind of give us input is like, they tell us like where the X is um, like on the map, on the map. Okay. And then the students do everything. And then where are the instructors at that point? When you're, when the students are doing everything, where are the instructors? They are under their own tarp doing their own thing. So they just kind of, they just kind of teach you the skills, set the curriculum, and then probably are watching more than you think they're watching. But they're, they let you do the, whatever you need to do, including making some mistakes. Yes, correct. Um, for both of the sections, the first like three days were entirely run by the I team, the instructor team, and they were the DL for the day, and they told us like how to navigate using topographical maps or like how to navigate the coastline. And then after that, they started introducing like the DL days. And they would provide input and support. It was mainly the student's job to get from A to B in a safe and efficient way. What did the first DL day look like? Was that, how did they select that first leader? It was uh, voluntarily. Hmm. People volunteered. I think that I was one of the first people to do it. And 
for the sea kayaking, I was I was the second DL day, and it was rough. Um, I was with another guy, and we had like come up with this amazing plan <laughs> the night before, and we were like, "All right, we're gonna crush it. It's gonna it's not gonna be that hard. It's only like five nautical miles." And then we wake up the next morning, and the group morale is just terrible. Like <laughs> everyone is sore, everyone's wet, cold, and tired. It's raining. Uh, we had what we call the apocalypse the day before, which that was just a super wet, wet and cold day and very miserable. And so we went the day after. And so like one leadership style is called a spontaneous motivator, uh, which I am not, but the other guy was. And so like trying to like motivate these wet, cold and tired people to just paddle five nautical miles was like way harder than I thought it would be. But we ended up getting to the X and it ended up being sunny that day. And we had like a gear explosion where we laid out all our gear to like dry in the sun. <laughs> and that was like really fun. And then after that, like everyone was like super happy once we got there. And then we had our nightly meeting and everyone was just like to the moon. Awesome. And um, so then on the next day, you're a follower. And so it's just kind of at random that the next person is picked or what? For the DLs? Yeah. It's voluntarily. You you like choose the day that you want to. Okay. So like after you do it, then there's another one. There's two people per day. Okay. And then you also said that they that they um kind of gave out cooking the cooking um duties, right? So, yeah. So we had uh cooking groups of three or four. Um two groups of three. One of the groups was the I team, and then the other group of three was um a student group, and then two groups of four the cook would do dinner and breakfast and that was their duties. They would clean all the dishes um, and then they would storm proof, which is just like putting the pot over the stove, putting the food bags on top of the stove and then putting all the gear on top of that. So mm. if a storm hit, everything would be fine and that would be under the tarp. So that was their duties and that would rotate every day and you had your good cooks and you had your bad cooks. And you just ate whatever you got, and you <laughs> well, couldn't complain about it. You you lost, I think, fifteen pounds on this trip. I think so. I, I do believe that I lost somewhere around there. Did other people lose more? There was one guy that lost twenty pounds. Wow. One, I think one guy gained five pounds in the sea kayaking, and then lost ten pounds in the backpacking. So everyone was different. Um, with like their weight fluctuation. Some people like didn't lose any weight at all. <laughs> but for me, the meals were a lot smaller than what I'm used to. Yeah. <laughs> well, you eat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so what if I told, what if I said in one of these books that I read, it says, there are no bad teams, only bad leaders. What would you say to that from your experience? I might change it to say there are no bad teams, but no act like but there are bad active followers. Hmm. 
Because a leader can be whoever you want it to be. It can be the most inexperienced person, but it's who supports them and who like makes the leader feel comfortable being a leader. Because hmm. we had we had some people who were like the quietest people ever who had never been in the outdoors and had no idea what they were doing. But having people like build them up and like provide support like made them so much more confident in what they were doing. And like, do you think that that confidence is going to extend in, into their regular life when they go back for the rest of their lives? I hope it does. I mean, did you see that kind of transformation in people? Like some, one of these people that just had never been outside much and immerses himself in this, which surprises me quite a bit, honestly, because when you were preparing for this, I was like, Hayden, man, you need to get those boots wet and you need to walk 20 miles and walk them till they're dry and you need to be carrying all this stuff and you need to be working out all the time and you need to be doing this and doing that. And it turns out maybe that was over-preparing or maybe we were preparing for a different course. But for this particular course, you came back and said that you were extremely well-prepared physically and that some of the other people may not have been extremely well-prepared. So it just kind of surprises me that somebody that has never been outside uh, much, not done any camping, and is also not physically, how should I say it politely, not not a physical beast, would sign up for this. So with those people, did you talk to them about what, what it was that made them take the plunge? Because I think that's awesome that somebody would do this because this is like, that would be like your your greatest fear. If you had never been outside, not only are you going outside for a month, but you're going to Alaska. Like, that's, there's no joke there. Did they know what they were getting into? Or, like, they, there's no way they could have. You didn't know what you were getting yeah, into. Yeah, I had no clue. Um, I don't think any of us knew what we were getting into. There was one guy who I grew very close to who said that he expected it to rain every single day which I did not because looking at the Knowles website, every picture is sunny. I did. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's why when we went to buy your gear, I was like, you were like, what about this jacket? And I was like, mm, no, you need to get the best jacket you can possibly get. What's the best jacket that you have here? And, and the guy was helping us out. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure that you're, you're happy that we sprung for the, for the best possible rain jacket that you could get. Yeah, that saved me. Um, but going back to the point about people like immersing themselves in that, there was there was one guy, he was 16 years old, and the first week of the course, he was the laziest person that I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> he didn't do anything. He cooked ramen and didn't put the flavor packets in them for his cook group. He didn't help set up tarps or tents. He didn't have any desire for learning anything. And by the end of the month, he had completely changed his work ethic. And he was a huge contributor to the team as a whole. What do you think turned him around? I have no clue. I think that he just kind of realized, well, what he told me is he was like, kind of realized I'm going to be here for a month, so might as well make the best of it. And he realized that he had taken a lot of shortcuts 
in his life. And he is a very young man. And so for him to be immersed in an environment where everyone is 18 to 25, being with a lot older people, where our work ethic is much higher than his, I think he was just inspired by us. Hmm. And he like put the pedal to the metal. And by the end, like he was like one of the fastest backpackers and just like sprinted everywhere. Hmm. And it was like, it was very inspiring to see his passion grow for the outdoors over the month. Um, there was another guy who signed up for the course specifically for the Knowles curriculum and not for like the outdoor section. Uh, he struggled physically, but in the long run, like he learned so much about himself and cleared up so many questions that he had in the beginning with that first discussion that we had. Hmm. He's like, I want to know this. I want to correct this about myself. What were those? What were this and those things? He wanted to become a more patient and efficient person, which he actually hung around with me a lot. (laughs) (laughs) From like the first day, like setting up tarps and tents, he like came up to me. He's like, you're a very efficient person. I was like, "Hmm, well, thank you. And um, is that a compliment? I guess. Thanks. I was like, like, oh, well, thanks. (laughs) And then luckily we were in a a cook group together the first week and the last week. And to see his growth and his, and his patience and efficiency from the first to the last week was exponential. Hmm. And he learned so much about himself and being a leader. And I was also inspired by him and his like desire to want to become a better person. What were the things that you wanted? Funny you ask that. I signed up for the course wanting to crush miles and climb mountains. And I was rudely awakened once we got there that that was not what the trip was going to be about. We did 77 nautical miles sea kayaking in two weeks, Mm -hmm. which sounds like a lot. But it's really not that much. Right. And then backpacking, we did 43 miles in two weeks, which is really not that much. No. But yeah, I came in into this course with the intention of just seeing and doing a bunch of awesome things. But after about a week in, um, I realized that this wasn't going to be a physical test for me. It was going to be more of a mental test, being with people who didn't have the same mindset as me. And so one of my goals was to put the group before the goal. Um, I decided that in the first week and my growth through the whole month, looking back on it, is something that I'm extremely proud of. Awesome. That's awesome. And that's, I mean, that's leadership, right? Like you're, and that's also, you know, kind of, um, it's just really cool. Like you get yourself in a situation to where, huh, this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. So I can mope around and, and, and complain, or I can realize that this is something different than I thought it was and make the absolute best of it that I possibly can. And then when you do that, I mean, like looking at you and, 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 and hearing you talk this afternoon, it seems like when you, when, you know, sometimes, like I think about some of these, you know, adventure races, 
seal fit Kokoro, selection, all of these different things, even a mud run, all of these things. Honestly, that's those kind of things are that is like my comfort zone. And that is probably your comfort zone coming from a background of wrestling and working out hard and working hard to where now you get into this other situation where it's going to be more of a mental thing, which almost could put you more out of your comfort zone than you've ever been before. Like this, the physical part of this is kind of easy for you. Wasn't for other people, but it was for you. But the mental part was difficult. And then that, but when you, when you get in a situation like that, that is where you're going to experience the most growth. The most growth comes on the edge of your comfort zone, I think. Yeah, I was definitely pushed far out of my comfort zone on this trip. Not physically, um, but one of like the hardest things for me was just to be like super open and honest in, in like really hard, mentally tough situations where I was struggling. There was a couple times that I got like lonely and homesick on the trip and coming from a background of like wrestling is like, you don't show anything and you just, you just like work through it. And one thing that, um, one of the guys from my cook groups pulled me aside and had a conversation with me he was like, you're human. You don't need to eternalize everything. And so working on being like vulnerable was so tough for me. And like being open about like, I'm really tired this morning or like my feet are cold. It's like, that was like, like stuff that you could take that information and it could be useful to the group and we could use that to our advantage rather than like keeping that on the inside and then there just be like a weird dynamic to the group because if everyone knows about everyone's problems then it's such a better flow and everyone can help each other out but in this situation with the team that I was a part of is like eternalizing my frustration was like the worst thing that I could have done. And so like being open about being frustrated or like being open about being like, I don't like know how to be vulnerable. And then like learning how to do that and learning how to like accept that. That was like the hardest part along with like putting the the group before the goal. And like that was what I worked on this whole month mm-hmm. and like other people it was like getting satisfaction and hard work was like one person's goal another was like we tried to like summit two peaks failed both of them and people were very satisfied with that me i was not but getting satisfaction in the fact that the entire group was satisfied in the work ethic that they put in for that day that was like a huge turning point for me being like happy in the fact that everyone was safe. Everyone had a good day and we like got back to camp and it was all smiles Hmm. for both of the summit attempts. That's cool. Huh? What kind of animals you see up there? Well, a lot of bald eagles in the kayaking section, probably like, 130 bald eagles in the period of two weeks. We saw two orca whales. Wow. 
at our first campsite on Applegate Island. Um, the Nikon binoculars came in handy there. Yeah, those were those were key for you. That night, we saw two orca whales, five bald eagles, and a black bear. Wow! All at our campsite. Wow! Uh, so that was awesome. We did one crossing, and we saw a humpback whale. That was my first. How big is that thing? It's like the size of a school bus. Wow. And I was the closest one to it. I was in a single kayak and I was like a hundred yards from it. Wow. And then we like paddled up to where it surfaced and we could smell its breath and it smelled terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Smelled like rotten eggs. So it was obviously calm that day. It was slick calm. Wow. And you could still smell the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. We were paddling pretty fast because with crossings, is you don't want to like lollygag. It's you're paddling with intention. You're extremely vulnerable in a crossing. There's no like coastline to guard you from anything. Right. And so we were like paddling pretty fast and we reached like where it breached probably like two minutes after we could still smell it. Yeah, but two minutes, that's a long time for a smell to hang around on the ocean. But we could hear its breath too, like, from where you were? Mm-hmm. And wow. same with the orcas. We heard the orcas before we saw them. Wow. Me and uh, this guy named Kyle, we were cleaning our dishes with the rocks. We like put the rocks in the pan and like swirled them around to get all the food out. Yeah. And uh, I was like walking back up to the tarps. He was like, yo, did you hear that? Kind of. Like we were completely silent and we just heard, And then we were like, what was that? That was a breach. And then we like turned around and we saw two orca whales. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. That's awesome. A lot of sea otters, sea lions, seals. Uh, We had the opportunity to go fishing and we went hand lining. One of the guys caught a halibut. We caught sculpins and we ate all of them and they were super good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were super good because you were super hungry. Yeah, I was starving. <laughs> um, How big was the halibut? Uh, about the size of a dinner plate. Oh. Was it wasn't terrible. Like it wasn't huge. And I was a designated filleter yeah, for all the fish. Were. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my Bubba blade. It got destroyed with that salt water and fish guts. Yeah. Well, it worked. It it did work. Um, Alaska put its mark on that knife. But it, it held up. Um, what else did we see? That was just the uh, sea kayaking part. The backpacking part, we saw so many moose. There was one morning where I was the first to get up out of the tent. And I unzipped it and stood up and turned around to the tree line. And there were three bull moose like 15 yards away from me. Wow. And I like... Pulled out my bear spray, started hooting and hollering, and they were just like staring at me with no intention of moving. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm going to get out of here. Put my bear spray up and walked, walked away. Uh, that was awesome. Um, the day before, we had two moose walk into our camp, the same camp that we were at. Uh, we walked up on three moose on a hillside another day uh spooked a moose later that afternoon 
We saw a golden eagle, which was crazy. Wow. And then probably one of my favorite animals was the Arctic ground squirrel. Yeah? What do you like about the Arctic ground squirrel? They were everywhere. Um, if you've ever seen like the animal planet where they do like the lip sync over. Yeah. And it's the Arctic ground squirrels and it goes, Alan, Alan, yeah. <laughs> Steve, Steve. That's what it that's what it is. Yeah. And they were everywhere. And there was one specific day where we had uh two days at this campsite and it was an old abandoned uh gold mine and it had an airstrip on it and the ground squirrels were like super habituated there. So they were like running over and like grabbing our rations and like Uh-oh. chewing through the plastic bags. <laughs> and we like made a bunch of jingles about them. Um, and it, like seeing those habituated ground squirrels and then the ground squirrels like way in the back country, they were like so different. Huh. What about, what was, was there any, are there any scary wildlife moments? I uh, had a couple close encounters with a moose. Yeah. There's one time that we were walking along East Boulder Creek uh, to the confluence of Boulder Creek. And we were we were walking through this like foresty area. And then we just got out of the brush and we saw this like juvenile moose. And my first reaction was there's probably a mother around. Mm-hmm. So I pulled out the bear spray and the thing like just like took off. Um, that was a little scary. That was like 10 yards away from us. Mm. And then we had a couple other encounters with moose, but they were like 150 yards away. The closest I ever got was that juvenile moose and the, and the three bull moose. What next, about the sea lions? The, uh, the sea lions they had taken over this raft and there was like six of them sitting on this raft and they're, ex- they're extremely territorial. And so we had to be like very careful about the sound of our strokes and how close we were together. Um, one of them got like 50 yards from the beach that we took a land break on and we had to like group together. Really? Yeah. Like it was going to come at you like a bear. Yeah, like they've attacked Knowles groups before. Wow. It was a little intimidating, but... How big are those things? They're huge. Like hundreds of pounds? Yeah. 500 pounds? I mean... Are they as big as a black bear? Probably like somewhere around like 300. Really? That's pretty big. If anything, that's like just a guesstimate. Well, I would say that... If I was going to take my chances with a sea lion, it would be on land rather than in the water. Yeah, I don't know how fast they can run. I know they can swim. They they can can swim swim better than we can. They can swim real fast. I got a video of one like poking its head up and like looking at us. Really? Like from 50 yards away. Wow. (laughs) Did you see um, like glaciers and icebergs and stuff like that? We yeah. One of our main goals for sea hiking was to... Uh, kayak down to this glacier called Blackstone Glacier. And on the way, we saw about five or six others. And Blackstone Glacier was supposed to be this huge glacier. Um, and we ended up seeing it. And the water around Blackstone Glacier was this like baby blue with like this hint 
of gray. Hmm. And when you put your like your hands in the water, your hands got numb after like 10 seconds. Really? It was the coldest, prettiest water that I've ever seen in my entire life. We saw that. We did uh, scree skiing and glissading. Yeah. Which glissading is where you basically slide down snow. So you get on your butt and you just slide down. Yeah. And it's a super efficient way of traveling, but it can be very dangerous. And we took the necessary precautions and the I team went first. Um, and then scree skiing is where there's like this loose, loose rock on a mountainside. And you just like heel punch, which is where you put your, uh, your heel first rather than like stepping with your toes. Yeah. And you heel punch down the mountain and your feet slide like two or three feet at a time. And you're just like coasting down this mountainside. (laughs) And we were able to do that once. And that was incredible. And you make like S turns and you go one at a time. Definitely want to do that again. Uh, We saw caribou and wolves and a lot of mountain sheep. Wolves. You saw wolves. We saw a wolf, a wolf, a single wolf. What color was it? White. White. Wow. Turner said he just saw a black wolf for the first time. We saw a black wolf in Yellowstone. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's uh thing's big. They are huge. <laughs> They're huge. Yeah. Did, did you know what it was right away when you yeah, saw it? Yeah, right away. I mean, you just looked over there and you're like, shit, there's a black wolf. I mean a white wolf. Well, I didn't spot it. We were I was actually cooking dinner that night and we were set up kind of on this plateau between these two peaks which is called a saddle we're set up between this on this saddle and then there's this ridge line and the sun was shining right over the ridge line and i was cooking dinner and uh kyle like tapped me on the shoulder and was like dude that's a wolf and i like turned around and saw the silhouette of this white wolf just like staring at us and just like turned around and ran away wow and me and him were the only ones that saw it wow and That's then, cool. yeah, that was crazy. The whole backpacking section, you see like grizzly bear prints everywhere and wolf prints and coyote prints, like everywhere that you're walking. So that was a little intimidated, intimidating, definitely made us keep the bear calls up, was a good motivator to keep the, keep the bear calls up. Yeah. Talking, making noise. Yeah. We yeah. had our own personal, uh, bear calls which mine was just yelling dad as loud as i can (laughs) um and that comes directly from a quote from elf where he's laying in bed and he calls his dad over and then he has a tickle fight with him (laughs) so that was mine there's a guy on the trip named wyatt who i I gave him the nickname steve Uh on the second day and his bear call was uh steve here and he just yelled that super loud uh one of my buddies took the opposite of mine and yelled mom as loud as he could. <laughs> so it was dad, mom, back and forth. And then, yeah, I mean, everyone just had their own bear call and it was, it was really fun. And sometimes we had like word association bear calls where you just yell out random words <laughs> like grass, green, going on for hours. Yeah. Start at grass, end up at pianos or something. Yeah. <laughs> a couple miles later yeah a couple miles later helps speed up the miles well that's cool man so um 
Knowles has lots of other courses. And your friend uh, did a whole semester one down in Patagonia, right? Correct. Yeah. Bobby Vinoy did a full semester in Patagonia. So um, at this point, what would you be interested in doing next? Well, speaking on that point, after you graduate your first Knowles course, you then gain access to alumni courses, which can be like more difficult. Um, one of the ones that piqued my interest right away is summoning Denali. You have to be a, a uh, alumni to summit mm-hmm. Denali. They have one where you fly fish and backpack with llamas. Mm. Which is that I thought the Wind was, River Range? I have no idea, but yeah. it, I just saw a picture of it. It looked cool. And they, they gave us a book of all the alumni courses. Most of the alumni courses are like two weeks or like a week. And it's not as like in-depth in the Knowles curriculum. It's more about like actually doing something. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not saying that we didn't actually do stuff on our course, but it's, it's more about like accomplishing a goal. Doing the Denali one would be awesome. Backpacking in Patagonia would be sick. I don't really remember all of them off the top of my head, but those and a wilderness EMT course are like the ones on my radar. Yeah. And so you are you're approaching kind of a a transition in your life. You did this course and now you're kind of in, in a transition period before you move to Montana and uh and change schools and go to Montana State, which of course Montana State in Bozeman, Montana. That's like the outdoor capital of the world. There's literally everything that you could possibly do outside you can do there. What are you looking most forward to as you as you change your ge- geographical location and and you have acquired all these new skills, real real serious outdoor skills, leadership skills, friend making skills, all kinds of skills. What are you what are you looking forward to most as you change your your geographic location? Well, in the near future, um I'm hoping to take some buddies from high school camping here in the next couple of weeks. And then once once I go to Montana, I just have a lot more confidence in like doing one to two night backpacking trips, which I love. Mm-hmm. And so doing that every weekend and I just feel so much more comfortable in the outdoors. Not that I didn't feel comfortable before, but after like, especially learning general first aid, that was a huge one for me. And then backpacking grizzly bear country. I really haven't done a, a lot of that. That was a huge thing for me. And then just like knowing how to conduct yourself in the outdoors which we called exhibition behavior, uh, good EB or bad EB. What is that? Tell us what good. Tell me what good and bad is. Good would be like somebody needed help helping them. If you have extra food in your ration at the end of the week, giving it to a cook group who has nothing, which happened to us. Uh, we gave food and received food on multiple occasions. Being supportive in any situation. Bad EB would be being selfish and only worrying about your own stuff. Uh, complaining. It's a huge one. And just like, I don't want to say being a burden, but like bringing the team down. It's just bad EB. And then good EB is just like bringing the team up 
in in a very broad sense. And so like learning that as well as like leadership skills and friendship skills, going to Montana State and just asking like three people if they want to go on a overnight backpacking trip. I feel so much more comfortable doing that, mm. which I'm looking forward to a lot. Yeah. I mean, you've had just so much public land out there and so much area. And then you got the national parks. You're surrounded by you know, Glacier National Park to the north, Yellowstone National Park to the south, further south, Grand Teton National Park, which in your absence, we planned a, uh, a little backpacking trip so you can, you can show us your skills. You, me, your brother, his girlfriend, and your sister are going to do the Teton Crest Trail, which I'm super excited about because the Teton Crest Trail, it, it, it can be a lot longer than what we're going to have time for, but we're going to choose a section and, and hike it. And it is what it sounds like. It's the, te- it's the crest of the Tetons. You walk through there, and every five minutes, there's a view that's better than the last one. It's insanely beautiful. Like when we went to Phelps Lake, remember when we went to Phelps Lake and we ran into that black bear right away and then we went swimming in that lake and it was so cold we jumped off that rock into that lake and um, then walked out of there and you're you're right, you know, and you're in a high mountain lake right up there by the Tetons and that's, you know, you see views like that kind of down lower but then you climb up to, like, it looks like you're going to summit one of the Tetons and then you just like take this little little ridge line and keep on going and uh so that's I'm, I'm really looking forward to that that'll be a little later in the summer but i love backpacking i think yeah. it's so cool camping is i've grown a greater appreciation for camping yeah a hundred percent um one of the things that i want to do at montana state is summit grand teton which is a pretty technical mountain to maneuver on one side on one side, which I want to do that, yeah. the technical stuff. That's like one of the skills that I want to start developing next is like very technical ascents. I think that'd be incredible. Yeah. Open up a lot more doors. Yeah. And then you got all the fishing. fishing. You got all the hunting. Yeah. You got all the backpacking, camping, cowboying like your brother. You can be a bareback uh, or a, a saddle bronc rider like See if you can make a longer career than he did. Yeah, no, I I, I have zero desire to do yeah, that. I know. Well, I have zero <laughs> desire for you to do it. It was I was biting my tongue the whole time Turner was doing it. And after his two concussions, I still didn't tell him that it. it I, I kind of let him know that it was a bad idea. I thought it was a bad idea to continue, but he made that decision on his own. I didn't want to. I didn't want to tell him that he needed to give it up. But I sure am glad that he sold his saddle. That's a tough way to make a living. Yeah. So, uh, what else? You got uh, you got so much stuff going for you, man. It's an exciting time in your life. What do you think the biggest? What do you? Two things. Close with this. What was the most exciting thing, or the one thing that when you think about this trip, that's what you'll remember? Still trying to process that. I've been asking myself the same question. I feel like one of the things would be the apocalypse or the so-called apocalypse. To go into greater detail, we started the morning off with a light drizzle and ended with torrential downpours. And every single person was soaking wet head to toe. Our rain gear did nothing. (laughs) And paddling 
the water comes down the paddle and goes down your sleeve. And the combination of that and rain did not do well. And once we got to the beach, it was a very sandy beach, and there were logs everywhere, and we had to lift the kayaks over the logs and put them in this grassy area behind these huge logs. And then we had to set up tents and tarps on this sandy, gravelly beach while we were all freezing cold and wet. And I remember me and my buddy Nick looking at each other under the tent, freezing wet and cold, and just start like dying laughing. (laughs) And we were just looking at each other just laughing our heads off, going, this sucks. And I will never forget that moment. After we failed the summit attempt on Chitna, walking down the razor-sharp ridge, there was a complete whiteout that happened, where it started out just as a light cloud coming over the the ridge, Mm. and then a huge cloud followed behind it. And you could only see like three feet in front of you. And it was just giant white out. That was insane. I'll never forget that. And I just don't think that I'll ever forget the people that were on the trip. Uh, the first day that I met them, to be honest, I was just kind of like, uh, like, oh, well. But I, I grew very close to every single person on the trip. And the instructors were some of the best people that I've ever met in my entire life. Um, And I don't think that I'll ever forget the people on the trip. That's awesome. So if somebody wanted to do something like this, or if if a dad, probably more likely, a dad's listening to this, thinking that would be really good for my kid to do this, but I don't know if... Like kind of like kind of like me, I was thinking. I think Hayden would really like one of these trips, but you got to be careful how you introduce it to him. How would you suggest introducing this idea, this concept to somebody that may be unfamiliar with the outdoors, or maybe maybe kind of likes to go fishing with their dad, but hasn't really done you know taken ownership of the outdoors themselves. And maybe they're coming of age there. And what would you what would your advice be to kind of either the father or the or the son or daughter or the mom, whoever's listening? Well, the way that you introduced it to me was it was Thanksgiving break and we were talking about our summer plans and Turner was like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. And I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And then you're like, What if you did a Knowles course? <laughs> And I signed up for a Knowles course the next day. Yeah. Well, we were like, as I remember, it was kind of like, what if you did a Knowles course? And you're like, I don't know. We were like, let's just check out the website. And it helped to have Turner here too, because Turner was like, oh yeah, let's look at the website. They got cool stuff there. And then we started looking at it and you were like, huh, okay. And then I was like, I wonder which one he might be interested in. And then at that point, I just kind of left it alone. And then... You looked over that website a little bit and you go, I like this one. And I was like, God, so curious to see which one it was. Came over there. I I really thought, I really thought you were going to gravitate to the Wind River range because it had fly fishing and, and, you know, you were, 
I don't know why I thought that one might be the one you want, but you said sea kayaking and backpacking in Alaska. I was like, yes, that's so <laughs> cool, man. Let's do it. And we signed up, paid up, and did everything right then and there. Yeah. For someone listening, I would just bring it up very lightly. It's it's definitely a huge choice to spend a month in the wilderness, especially if you're someone who might be inexperienced or uncomfortable in the outdoors. Finding a course that fits your interests would definitely be the number one priority. For me, I've always wanted to go to Alaska, especially after seeing the movie Into the Wild and just like hearing all of these stories about the final front or the last frontier and just so many cool pictures. Alaska was like the number one place for me. And so finding something in a place that you really think is awesome, that's like the number one. And then like also a skill that you want to take on. So I've never done any sea kayaking before. And so I think that the sea kayaking can translate to just like general kayaking, but down like rivers and stuff, very basic stuff. And that's something that I wanted to develop. And then I've never done a ba- like a really long backpacking trip before. And so two weeks seemed like the perfect amount of time for me. Just try not to like force it upon anybody because in the end, it's their choice. Yeah. And just like bringing it up and be like, have you ever thought about this? Like, let's look it over together. Like being very supportive. And if they end up not wanting to do it, then fine. Maybe they can... There, there are plenty of other outdoor programs that they can do. Uh, Hannah, she's doing a two-week program, which I'm very excited for her. So it doesn't have to be just Knowles. There, there are so many other courses with so many different links, anywhere from one week to three months. And just finding what fits your personality and what you want out of the course is probably the best advice that I can give. Yeah. I think it's just a really cool thing because I, I, I honestly, I was a little surprised when you, when you came back and you were saying that some people had no experience whatsoever. And I just think that's amazing that it's fantastic and, and terrific. And, you know, kudos to Knowles and other programs like it that can, can create something in a harsh environment like Alaska or potentially very harsh environment like Alaska or Wyoming or Patagonia or these other places and take people out there in a short amount of time, teach them the skills that they need to survive. And then over the course of a month, you've learned the skills where you're thriving in the wilderness. And that's super cool because, you know, not everybody, not everybody has uh, a family heritage of the outdoors. And a lot of people get the idea that they want to do it, you know, even later in life. And like, like, um, like what you said, you know, there's 60 year old doing these courses and 50 year olds and 40 year olds, and 30 year olds, probably. And people that are, that are, that have, that have decided that they're going to quit this job and make a major change in their life. And it probably draws, draws that too. Like I'm going to experience something I've never done before. I lived in the city all my life and I'm going to go there and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this Knowles course. And I just love that, that they've been able to do it. And, and I also loved that you came back and you, were, you experienced um, all of these different people, male, female, different ages from all around the world. 
And I don't know if you're going to fully embrace what that means to you in your life to have had that experience. And you're probably not going to in the next year or so, like to realize how valuable that is that you are around all these people from all these different walks of life, all these different cultures, all these different economic backgrounds, all, you know, male, female, older, younger, the whole thing. And, and all of y'all get together in a, in a group that gels, you know, maybe it took a whole month, but, and that, that teaches you skills that you, you have, you, you seriously, neither do I have any idea how you're going to use those skills in your life, but I promise you that you will. And so will all of them that are out there, but I'm proud of you, man. I was outside of your comfort zone and you went up there and you didn't just survive, you thrived and, and you, I can just see it on your face, man. You're just so happy and you just got this awesome smile and you got a you got a you got a cool vibe going right now. The one thing that I will say about Knowles is that for the people that who are inexperienced in the outdoors, they do an, a tremendous job in comforting those people. There are a lot on my course. Knowles is specifically designed for those people who have never stepped in the outdoors before. So they comfort them, but they don't baby them. Yes. What's the difference? They're they're very empathetic. At least the leaders that I had is they're very understanding and and their teaching style is very clear and direct. And we asked some of the dumbest questions <laughs> that you could ever ask. And they answered them and like there was no shame in asking questions and it was it was at least for my course it was such a comfortable environment that no one fell out of place and Knowles does a tremendous job of that hmm. and and telling that to someone who might want to sign up for a course I think could help them choose choose to do it hmm. cool well I hope they do we need more people that, to, to embrace the outdoors. But as Hank Patterson says, we also don't need everybody to embrace the outdoors because if you took everybody camping, then there would be no place to camp. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, all right, man. Well, thanks for telling us these stories. I really um, i am proud of you. I really am. And uh, if you want to get in touch with Knowles, it's N-O-L-S. I think it's Knowles.com. Yeah. It's cool. very easy. Google. And if you got a young person or an old person, or you're an old person, and you're thinking about doing something like this, that's a very solid program. I'm sure there are plenty of other programs out there, but that, that one's solid. I've put, put my oldest son, Turner, went to the Wilderness CMT, and Hayden's back from this, and both of them had extremely good experiences. So I don't know how you can... I don't know how you can give it much higher higher praise than that. But uh, anyway, Hayden, awesome. I'm glad you had fun. I look forward to doing the Teton Crest Trail with you. Yeah, me too. It'll be awesome. All right. See you.